Hi, cookbook friends. This is Cookbook Divas. I'm Katie, and I have Carrie with me today. Hello. We are going to do a mini episode on our February backlisted books because we rushed through February. <laughs> uh, so we found a few cool cookbooks that slipped through, uh, slipped from our fingertips, and uh, we just kind of want to go over them because they're totally worth looking at. Um, so first, Carrie is going to share with us her book that she found. It is called Little House Living, the Make Your Own Guide to a Frugal, Simple, and Self-Sufficient Life. And I'm extra excited about this cookbook because not only am I a huge Little House in the Prairie book, TV show, etc. fan, but I'm currently hosting a Little House cooking club over on Facebook under our Cookbook Divas groups. And we are reading through the Little House cookbook and we're supposedly baking and cooking all the food, although I don't currently have an operating kitchen sink. So no. I, I, that's a little rustic. That's, that's how Ma had to cook, though. So I need to remember that. <laughs> Get that <But> stove working. <laughs> the blogger that made the Little House Living website and blog, which I really have enjoyed over the years, came out with a book and it's a heartwarming guide to modern homesteading. And I think a lot of people this is really going to resonate with because with the pandemic, we all had more time to garden. Those of us that like gardening and we're kind of panicking about the food supply chain earlier in the year and thinking, you know, we should be more self-sufficient and I had, shouldn't just have to run to the store for every little thing. So this book comes out exactly at the perfect time. Yeah, And the author was really determined to live an entirely made from scratch life, which is taking up way farther than I ever want to. Because for one thing, I don't know how to make wine from scratch and I would like to drink that every day. <laughs> and through the course of Little House Living in her life, as she applied it, she went through her household budget and realized she was saving thousands of dollars a year. So this cookbook is photos from her life and recipes and the, the blog. And I think it's just going to be a huge hit because everyone wants to know how to just do a little bit more yourself and not just run to the grocery store and buy everything, you know. Yeah, it's and, kind of amazing that people are hmm. starting to want to do more of that self-sustaining lifestyle. That's definitely trendy now. So that would be interesting. And she modernized it because, of course, one of her recipes is for taco seasoning mix and they didn't have tacos in the 1800s on the prairie, <laughs> but we all I, love tacos. So yeah. Why would I give up tacos in my case, vegetarian and never eat them again, just to, just to try and be more self-sufficient. Heck no. But no. I really like the idea of making the seasonings out of more nat, like just herbs and spices rather than go to the store and get a plastic packet of chemicals. Right. Yeah. So that is little house living by Melissa, or excuse me, Marissa A. Ailink. What awesome. is on your list of things we forgot to talk about in February? Well, we did a blog post about this particular cookbook not too long ago. It is called How to Make Anything Gluten-Free. Over 100 recipes for everything from home comforts to fakeaways, cakes to dessert, brunch to bread by Becky Excel. So, What is I mean, a fakeaway? <laughs> hey, uh, so I, I, you know, I don't know actually how to describe a fake away. I'm guessing like instead of a quote unquote real cake, you can fake get away or fake away with this gluten free cake because no one's ever gonna know that it's gluten free. Because oh, so I thought good. it was something like Kentucky Fried Chicken takeout, but it's not really chicken. It's tofu. I don't know. Hey, 
Yeah, I actually think that applies totally. <laughs> cool. Um, so this cookbook is super, like when you look at our blog, it's so bright and colorful and fun. And it, well, it's very pink, which is fine. Um, but I it's like, like I do too. And it's I'm wearing really pink cheerful. right now. If this it's, wasn't a podcast, you could see my pink shirt. <laughs> it's really cute. Um, all these recipes look really, really tasty. Like these, uh, there's a picture of eclairs here that are just driving me crazy. I really just want to start making eclairs right now. Um, but basically, you know, making anything gluten-free, this is a great, you know, cookbook if you're a beginner too. Like I've been gluten-free for seven years. So, you know, this, this cookbook would be awesome just as an addition for myself. But like if you're starting out and you're just like overwhelmed and you really are going to miss all of your favorite, you know, like donuts. Who, oh, I, would I love donuts. donuts. Mm. Right. So now you can learn how to make these desserts and not just desserts, but like bread and, you know, uh, pasta, just stuff like that, that you would, you know, normally miss. You can now learn how to make it yourself. So that is how to make anything gluten free cookbook. Uh, by, sorry, Becky Excel. What's next on your list today? Well, I'm a little confused because you are a giant nerd. <laughs> oh, no. And you love everything fantasy and sci-fi, and you read the books and the comics and the graphic novels, and you watch the TV shows and movies, but you've never seen the Firefly science fiction TV show? How I is know. that possible? I don't know. And, and I have friends who re reference it all the time and they talk about it. They love Nathan Fillion. And like, I love Nathan Fillion even without seeing Firefly. But oh, I know I'm a, dis I'm a failure. <laughs> Sorry. So I bring this up because the exclusive Firefly cookbook, Food from the Future, just came out February 17 by Johnny Bomer. And the series is set in apparently 2517, and he wants to see what food might look like in 2017. And it's an excuse for me to go rewatch the show because it's been too long, although I don't know where it is streaming right now. Yeah. Part of the cookbook is he includes some themed parties that you could show, which I used to love to do back pre-COVID when we could gather and have friends over. We would throw nerdy Battlestar Galactica parties and there wasn't like an official Battlestar Galactica cookbook at the time, but we would try to outdo each other with like weird blue drinks and not that oh Battlestar God. Galactica had blue drinks, but we imagined, you know. Sure. So I'm peeking at the Amazon page to find out what's in here and there's recipes for shimmer wine, something <sighs> called Southdown Abbey Couscous, Five Spice Caramel, Firefly River Ice Planet, I don't know if that's a drink or a food. And fresh bow. Oh Yum. my goodness. I want to know what that shimmery thing is. Oh. Yeah, shimmer wine sounds delicious. Yeah. So that's the exclusive Firefly cookbook by Johnny Bone. What is next on your list of things we forgot to bring up in February? Well, uh, I found a cookbook called Taste of Tanzania, Modern mm. Swahili Recipes for the West. Ooh. So this is cool because, well, I, I don't know about you. I've never actually had food from Tanzania or Tanzania I have <gasps> I have because I have two sisters that are from Rwanda and they lived and traveled in Tanzania from time to time so they would make me Tanzanian vegetarian food although that's probably not very authentic <laughs> oh my goodness so 
can you, I know this isn't a part of the cookbook, but maybe it can give some people some insight as to what they might be seeing as far as Tanzanian food. Do you remember what kind of staples they might've used? Spinach, beans, rice, and you know, every culture has its own kind of flatbread. Yes. So whatever they called their flatbread was delicious. That's awesome. But then occasionally my sister would just make a pot of spaghetti with red pasta sauce and we would watch Gilmore Girls. So that Absolutely. wasn't Tanzanian. <laughs> oh, so good. So this cookbook, it does go through authentic Swahili food. It looks really tasty. Um, so the food is unique. I mean, obviously for Americans, it's not something that a lot of us have, you know, run into. And we live in Seattle. So, you know, we, we kind of get exposed to a lot of things. But Tanzanian food is not something that is readily available. But the ingredients are actually found in local s supermarkets. They're not that complex. And that, that's a part of the whole creating these recipes for the West so that we can at least try some of these recipes and they're, all of the authenticity is still there and the ingredients we can still uh, are still easily accessible for us. Okay. So that's super cool. And that's uh, Taste of Tanzania, Modern Swahili Recipes for the West. Uh, so I think you actually have another really cool cookbook coming up on your list. I'm really intrigued by it, but it's not going to have a bunch of pictures. It's called The Sultan's Feast, a 15th century Egyptian cookbook, which they have just put back out. It follows the Arabic culinary tradition, which began in the middle of the 10th century. One of the first cookbooks in history on the planet ever with someone who I don't know how to pronounce his name compiled a culinary treatise tile titled in Arabic, the book of dishes with over 600 recipes. And I'm so glad they wrote it down because of yeah. course, back then it would travel by word of mouth and then things get edited and people throw in their own spin on it. So uh, of course the Arabic and Muslim world was the first one with writing and numbers. And so of course they developed this idea of let's write this down and I can't wait to see what's going on. Uh, I'm reading what the publisher said. A total of nine complete cookery books have survived from this time, which is incredible, containing a total of nearly 4,000 recipes. So wow. this is one of those books. So this one has 330 mess recipes and it, it sounds like stuff we eat today. Bread making, omelets, sweets, pickling, and aromatics. Yep, and wow. some how-tos, like how to distill drinkable water, which people in Texas might want to read this cookbook right now. So, right. Oh, gosh. Oh, I know. Sorry. Oh. Too soon. I'm sorry. I feel bad for them. Donate everybody, please. That was the Sultan's Feast, a 15th century Egyptian cookbook. And then Katie and I each have one more cookbook that came out recently in February that we wanted to chat with you about. Yeah. So mine is Bake One, Bake All, A Delightful Journey into the World of Eggless Baking. Now, I might bake gluten-free a lot, but the eggless thing really spooks me just Ooh, because, yeah. like, eggs are the the connecting. <laughs> like, it's the connector for all the bread. Well, it's uh, how you add fat and liquid. Like, right. how and emulsifying yeah. and how, ooh. Yeah, so it this this cookbook. I, so I'm a little apprehensive to even try eggless baking, but as I try to go more and more vegan, obviously this is something I definitely would want to look into. But this cookbook is really fascinating because it goes through like all kinds of baking terminology. Um, it's got like 
charts for what could happen to your bakes and what, <laughs> how to fix them. So like if you've got a cracked top for, you know, like if cheesecakes is a perfect example. Oh, yeah. Uh, sunken fruit, you know, like what, you know, I did everything I thought, right. Why are all the fruits at the bottom of the muffins or like a sunken top with greasy outside. So it's got like all kinds of just baking knowledge, which I really like so that you can kind of learn how to make certain adjustments with other ingredients. Well, and that's and neat. And when I used to throw dinner parties, I would test some of the new recipes, which every wise hostess does or host you tested a few days before, so I wouldn't serve something I'd never served. So I can see myself making a cheesecake. And then if the top looks cracked or yucky, then I just eat the cheesecake because it still tastes good. But I want to serve one that looks perfect at the party. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then like, you know, a sunken fruit. Uh, I've had, you know, I think if the fruit were dispersed properly, the muffin or the, you know, the whatever you're making a cake, it does taste better when you've got bits of fruit everywhere and not all in the bottom and then it also cooks better too because fruit's got a lot of sugar and then it crusts the bottom so anyway this uh this cookbook bake one bake all a delightful journey into the world of eggless baking has it came out on uh february 5th and it's definitely worth a pickup especially if you're just a very avid baker and you want to learn all kinds of baking skills. Plus, learning how to bake eggless would be interesting as well. I'm wondering if they're, and I could be wrong, but I'm suspecting they're substituting eggs with a lot of apples. Because I see a lot of apples used in vegan cooking. Yeah. In fact, I saw people freaking out yesterday because Emmy Made in Japan made some kind of apple whipped cream. Ooh. But she, they were mad that there was actual cream in there. Or milk. She said the recipe doesn't use milk, but she used some kind of almond milk so some jerky people were like see it does have milk in it no it's almond milk you idiots right yeah this uh this does have it this is not a dairy-free cookbook i should have clarified that that's it does true that's have true dairy so like milk powder is definitely used in a lot of these recipes okay. or pulps so uh, but pulp is vegan um but yeah uh so it's not totally vegan by the way <laughs> Just an FYI. It's still cool because I used to have a guy that came to my parties that was deathly allergic to eggs. So sure. just to be on the safe side, he would eat before he got here. And then when he got here, he'd be like, oh, good. You have strawberries and carrot sticks. Yay. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray. Well, speaking of eating really healthy, don't you have a really healthy cookbook next? Yeah, I just wanted to mention, because I'm a huge fan of Williams-Sonoma cookbooks, that their Salad of the Day cookbook came out in paperback. And even in paperback, it's still $23, but imagine how much that would be if it was hardback. Oh and Lord. plus it's less heavy to lift around. It is their healthy eating recipe a day, 365 recipes for every day of the year. And I might get it for my friend Dawn as a joke because every time she would come over to a party, it, like middle of winter, she's like, are you going to serve salad? I just have to have something green every day. And I'm like, of course I'm going to serve salad, but she would do it like, like Thanksgiving. I'm like, no one eats salad on Thanksgiving. Oh. We are here for the mashed potatoes and the turkey. And every time I make salad, no one eats it. She's like, oh, I'm going to eat it. And then she didn't. Hmm. Oh, my God. So it's because potatoes are superior than salad. I'm sorry, guys, if you like oh, salad. No. <laughs> so the author is Georgianne Brennan. And just as you would imagine from any Williams-Sonoma cookbook, the photography is modern, top-notch, gorgeous. And you just sit yeah. there drooling when you look at it. 
So that was our cookbooks that we forgot to mention last week because so many cookbooks were coming out and we're rushing to get through March to tell you about all the cool stuff coming out then. I'll just recap real quick. Little House Living, How to Make Anything Gluten-Free, gluten the exclusive Firefly Cookbook, Taste of Tanzania, The Sultan's Feast, Bake One, Bake All, Salad of the Day. And we are Cookbook Divas. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. And I wanted to mention really quickly that we're going to start a little historical fiction that has something to do with cooking, Cookbook Book Club. Yeah. Our first book that we're going to read in April 2021 to give you time to either buy the book or grab it from your library. It's in hardback. It's The Kitchen Front by Jennifer Ryan. She was the author of the Cheltenham Ladies Choir, if I said that right. And it's a World War II book, and it follows the lives of four housewives that are entering this kitchen competition, and they have different reasons for hoping they win. It looks really interesting and really good. So yes. if you want more info on that, you can find it on our website, cookbookdivas.com. There's a little link at the top that says book club, and our book club discussions will take place in April 2021 on our private Facebook group, which you'll join if you would like to join our discussions. And if you're really brave, you can be in video chats with us. Ooh. Thanks for listening to our mini-sode, and you can find our full episodes on Fridays everywhere you listen to podcasts. Awesome. Bye, and thanks for listening.